0: Welcome to My Turn Podcast, a gaming podcast hosted by extra competitive siblings. I'm Jem and today I'm joined by my brother from another mother, Tim.
1: Hi, sister from another mister, how are you doing?
0: <laughs> I'm alright, mate. Uh I had a couple of false starts there with the intro, but we got there in the mm-hmm. end.
1: <laughs> you have to get you have to get just the right level of gin in you to be able to flow into it without going too far. That's, that was the problem. Your levels weren't quite right.
0: No, I've had one mouthful of gin now, Tim, exactly. So, um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's just about hit the bloodstream. Uh, all will be revealed, <laughs> just why I'm so flustered and at sixes and sevens at the top of this podcast, because... Um, I've got some things to talk about when we get to my game review. Um, but uh, thank you, listeners, for joining us. This is a gaming podcast. Uh, and this is now our fourth series. Woo! Woo! I know, it's pretty good, <laughs> eh? Uh, sadly, we are still in kind of partial bits and bobs lockdown. Um, but the good thing about that is we can play loads of games.
1: Yeah, always an upside.
0: Always an upside, and also the weather is pretty horrific recently, so uh, I'm quite enjoying just sitting on my sofa playing games.
1: Yeah, I've got to say, it's been glorious today, though. I went out and enjoyed the sunshine, and I had some mulled wine, and I looked at Christmassy flowers.
0: Oh, yeah, it is the season. Um, yeah, not, not much to look at around here apart from really garish decorations. That's that's the sort of different kinds of place that we <laughs> I, live in.
1: I, I, uh, I went for a stroll around the market and came back with some Ilex.
0: <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, uh, when I take the dog out, I count how many of those horrid um, door bows have been put on this year. Uh, no, right. if, I mean, I'm sorry if you if you think they're nice listeners. They're not. They're horrible. And by the end of mm-hmm. the season, they're just covered in mud and rain. Uh, <laughs> and they just end up in a <laughs> bin. They're disgusting. Uh, yeah, one oh. of my neighbours has got a full santa scene on their roof and they live in like a really small oh if you can hear that's my dog just drinking water in the background there thanks benny thanks thanks It's a nice little heckle yeah <laughs> but this um small little terrace house and now he's being sick on the floor lovely no he's a
1: real contributor to this podcast
0: he really is and it wasn't yeah. actually a proper sick either it was just like the sound of him being sick when nothing came out thankfully <laughs> Gagging. He he's on. gagging
1: over your eleganza That's
0: <laughs> I mean this is just this is the life I lead now it's so glamorous mm. every zoom mm-hmm. call every meeting I have now is heckled by the dog he fully jumped on my lap earlier in the, while I was in the middle of work yeah there he goes again Just dry retching mate I mean basically he was coming out in sympathy for how bad the decorations are Uh, of one of my neighbours is just horrific it's
1: yeah I feel you I'm not a lover (laughs) of plastic yeah and not just for the environmental reasons I just don't think it looks very nice I'd rather have natural grown things and like I make my own Christmas tree decorations from oranges and cinnamon sticks and things like that you know
0: you're very middle class. I like class, all
1: the real shouldn't. things.
0: <laughs> real things.
1: I, look, I don't think later. it's middle class to make a decoration <laughs> out of a 15p orange. <laughs> it's not a class issue. It's a I'm not buying your plastic crap issue.
0: But it does mean you've got time to make them.
1: How long do you think it takes to make
0: them? <laughs> I'm just playing devil's advocate. <laughs> I mean, you're not if working I, four jobs, that's all I'm if, saying.
1: If I've got a nice big masaka <laughs> in the oven because I make dishes out of lentils that are not pre soaked and I don't buy ready meals, then while the oven's on, I might as well put a layer of orange slices in that I got from my leftover veg box to make the <laughs> most decorations. I can't be, uh, be doing with this all, you know, you've got time, it's a class thing, that's utter rubbish. So I'll find lazy <laughs> people.
0: Well I'm obviously lazy then Tim I'm so sorry yep. I'm just lazy I'm not pulling my weight um, <laughs> but what is your what is your favorite uh, decoration that you've personally got in your house at the moment
1: well at the I haven't like gone fully into it yet it's building up over this week so I have to say the big um, the big stalk of Illex I just got today because it's new. And it's very pretty. They're the ones that are like big twigs with tiny red berries Mm. on them. And because I've got white walls and a tall vase, it kind of stands up nicely against the wall and looks real pretty.
0: It's very erect.
1: It's very erect with a slight curve to it because that's how we like it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) On that note, um, what games are we going to talk about today, Tim?
1: Well, you told me that you were going to do a co-op one. Yeah. So I thought I would also offer a co-op experience Ooh. that I um, got into a couple of months ago. Uh, should I tell you what it is now? Yeah. Should we go in? All right. Yeah, let's go so, in. <laughs> I'm going to be talking about Man of Medan, which Ooh. is the... First in a reportedly eight-part anthology series called the Dark Pictures Anthology, and it was released last year. The first part. The second part was actually released this October, but I haven't played that yet. Uh, it's available on Windows and Xbox and PlayStation. It's come to us from Supermassive Games and uh, Bandai Namco. Supermassive with the people who did. Um, Oh, I've forgotten what it's called. That's a great start, isn't it? It'll come to me, so I'll leave that and is come back. Same, but we will know.
0: Is Dark Pictures the same thing that did the game that I reviewed a few months ago? Called yes. Until Dawn?
1: Until Dawn, that's the yeah. one was going to think of. Yeah, They did Until Dawn in 2015. Oh, yeah. And off the back of that, these are the new ones you got. And I remembered some of the reasons you didn't like yeah. uh, Until
0: Dawn. So no spoilers so for Until in Dawn mind. in this one. Um, but If you want to know what I thought of it, go back. I think it was our Halloween. It Was, was it a Halloween episode? No. We had some horror games in that episode. It's called yeah. like... Death and Games, or something that episode. But anyway, go check back; it will be in the it will be in the show notes this year. Um. That's right. It's it's
1: from those people. Okay. And it can be played single player or multiplayer. Uh, And I played it multiplayer, and there are different varieties of that on the Xbox Xbox One because it's on uh, Game Pass.
0: Great, and this is this was the first one you said in that series.
1: Yes, that's right.
0: Ah, interesting. They, so, uh
1: interesting. Uh, so reportedly they're not actually connected. Um, you know, it's not like an ongoing serial, but there is some connection in that I've at least noticed that there's a there's a curator who's telling the stories played by the same actor throughout the series, it would seem.
0: Yeah, they seem I mean, just from looking at it externally, they seem also sort of stylistically connected but we'll, we'll get into that mm-hmm. later so in a nutshell what kind of game is this
1: it is an interactive drama it's narrative it's a survival horror based game and the premise of it is that you are a group of five people who have gone on an underwater diving expedition in south pacific ocean and you're looking for a submerged World War II plane wreck. It's two sets of siblings, um, which includes a couple. And there's also a captain of the boat, who is very wary that you probably shouldn't be out there diving. And before too long, you have an encounter with some pirates. And not um, not the jolly Sea of Thieves kind. Not the uh, R! No, no <laughs> r I drank... I was gonna say i drank zero rum but that's possibly not true <laughs> given how i was playing it um, <laughs> and uh, before long you find yourself in a sort of ghost ship environment where you're lost and trying to fight your way out and you've got two sets of antagonists because you've got the pirates but you've also got what may be a haunted ship or maybe your own hallucinations
0: Ooh. Ooh. So that's the plot. Well, okay, so very clear what kind of game you're going into. What were your expectations then going into this?
1: From a gameplay perspective, Ooh. um the with narrative games, obviously you can have different sorts of narrative games, but when it comes to multiplayer, my experiences so far have been that you tend to see it from one character's perspective and Mm. what you're doing is handing over controls of the multiplayer. Or else, like with the Telltale games, if you have a group of people, they can vote on the decisions Mm -hmm. and then it's still ultimately one person's decision. So uh, from that multiplayer perspective, I wasn't necessarily expecting how it turned out. I thought it would be that we all kind of make the decision together. Mm -hmm. And from horror survival perspective, I mean, obviously, I think, you know, partly based on what you said about your review as well, you think there's going to be lots of cliches, lots of mm. clueless characters that you don't really care about, and probably lots of horrific death. Uh, so that would be from that perspective. However, because um, I recognised Medan in the title, mm. that, where do I know that from, Man of Medan? And the story is based on an urban legend about the Orang Medan. And I did recall that because it's one of those ghost ship stories that's the basis for a lot of ghost ship films. Right. (laughs) If you end up seeing them. I mean, anything that's... um, The ghost ship, for
0: example.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, anything that's sort of after after the, the Caribbean ships, the East India Company ships. Well, it's still East India Company, actually, but um, because this one is from the 1940s, this story. Orang is Indonesian, Malay for man, and Medan is the largest city in Sumatra. So it does mean man of Medan, Orang Medan, the mm. ship. Um, it's very urban legend in that there are a lot of reported sources of someone said, someone said, but there is actually no paper trail for this ship at all so probably not true but obviously these stories tend to get warped from other stories that people have told them they tend not to be yeah. entirely fictional um, so there's it it leads to lots of kind of that story in particular it, it, you know the story wasn't just oh a ship sank and people died and they were found it's they um appeared strangely when they were found and it was suspected that there was some sort of toxic chemical on board that was being secretly shipped yeah secretly shipped from china to the u.s is the story so so there's lots of there's lots of political intrigue and yeah i was gonna say
0: does it get a bit political
1: There is a suggestion that there might be a military aspect to it in addition to the pirates, in addition to the hauntings, in addition to what you're doing there as characters as well. Mm. There are a lot of levels to the story, which which makes for a good narrative investigation. So, so I knew that urban legend about it before I got there.
0: Yeah. yeah, okay. This is good. And I feel like a couple of the other games are based on urban legends as well, but I would need to fact check that. Um... But so in terms of the group of characters that you start with, are you all different ages? Is it quite a diverse Um, mix, for example?
1: So in terms of the ages, not so much. Mm -hmm. There are younger siblings, but, you know, only by a few years. I think they're mostly at around 30, let's say. Um, but you can tell that there is a power difference in in the older and younger siblings, even if it's only by a couple of years, by the way they behave. right. Um, there's a difference in maturity for sure. Um, some people seem to have had easier lives than others. Um, <laughs> and uh, but in terms of um, ethnic diversity, that that is represented for sure, yeah. yeah. And so- you, you've got the different archetypal character differences as well
0: yeah we'll get into that in a sec so let's let's talk about first of all what you enjoyed about the game what were the positives
1: uh first of all i'll I'll talk about the multiplayer experience Mm. because um when you play survival horror games by yourself they can Mm. be just a bit too intense i'm not easily rattled like i enjoy films because i know what i'm getting but there's something about playing a survival horror game that if there are jump scare moments you just think i'm too tense to be playing this i need a break and the great thing about having someone else there to play it with is you can have that break yeah you can go in deep for 20 minutes and then you pass controls and you can laugh at how tense they get okay firstly that's
0: filthy secondly i totally (laughs) agree (laughs) I'm so glad Mm. you said that, Tim, because I, like you, I mean, you and I both go to Fright Fest, we're horror fans, but there is something else, isn't there, about playing a horror game where you're trying to survive, that because you are in control of it is so much more intense.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, it's, I mean, I think there's a couple of things there. One is... The collective experience of going to see horror films in the cinema, you, you often go with someone, and it, it's part of the fun yeah. is that you hear other people scream and it gives yeah. you a bit <laughs> of a laugh. Um, but also, most horror films, I think, do understand the importance of giving release moments, mm. um, of building up tension, letting it go, having a bit of humor, or just something. Whereas I find a lot of games struggle to inject humor mm. into their horror survival, and that's certainly the case. Um, In this one, actually, it it could have done with a bit more humour just to give it shades. But, of course, where you do get the release is by changing over the perspective of characters. Mm. So you actually get to play as all five characters. Um, And you can... So there are different modes on multiplayer. There's one which is two-person co-op that you do online, whereby, you know, you choose half of the characters and the other person has the other half. And you sort of play your stories at the same time and then meet up and discuss what you've uncovered and plan your next steps but i played uh, what's called movie night version
0: Ooh. so they are
1: really kind of like hitting home it's all the shared story or movie night so they're hitting home that it is a shared kind of movie like experience and again you you divide up the characters equally and the, but you take it in turns to pass the controller between one another so you do get that joy of watching the other person scream when uh, they're in control of a jump scare and I really enjoyed that aspect of it because you can, you know, you can be collaborative in your approach, but you can also make decisions that you know are probably not going to go well for another character, uh, which is played by someone else. So to a certain extent, their fate is in your hands as well. Mm. And because the characters can die, if you're playing with five people, (laughs) you know, someone might be in for a very short movie night. (laughs) Mm. Um, I actually played it just with one other person and we split the characters between us, which was, which was good because one of the characters we managed to kill off in about 10 minutes. <laughs> I was like, oh, just getting to grips with this game. Um, yeah.
0: I was going to say when I played Until Dawn, one of the characters did not last very long at all. <laughs> so, no. <laughs> if there were five, six of you. Yeah. It as was say, short the character
1: the character was voiced by probably the, the most famous of the voice actors. Aww. So when they died, I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. I presumed they'd be, you know, final person territory. <laughs> Which perhaps that was designed to be the case and we just didn't quite manage it. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, I really enjoyed the, the communal experience of it. There was plenty to talk about and laugh about between us, you know, while we were playing the game. I liked the i liked the acting and the and the design and the the, the atmosphere of it um and uh, there's another kind of cute little aspect of the gameplay by where when you make decisions about your character mm. it's um it does it as a, <laughs> a moral compass the imagery oh, is gosh. very literal <laughs> <'cause you're a laughs> that
0: sounds awful <laughs>
1: No, I quite like it because obviously you've got you know the nautical theme and then you make a decision okay. and it tells you you know oh your character has now become uh, more confident or more cowardly or yeah. you know, more open or what and you change your relationships to the characters and then that changes the options you have in future um yeah it's a bit literal as metaphors go but I like I liked it I saw yeah. the aspect of it it's again that's exactly There's... the
0: same as in Do- until dawn. That thing, yeah. where you can look at the scale of like how brave your character is now and how ca- how giving your character is now.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's good when you've got that to talk about with other people as well because you have to give it meaning, like the meaning isn't clear, which you know yeah. could be a criticism that you make these decisions, it tells you something about your character, but you don't ultimately know what it means. But I think that's that's over to you to kind of mm. have that discussion. Another aspect I really liked was uh, that you can, if you find certain paintings at different points in your turn early on in your turn it will give you a premonition as to the bad stuff that will happen to you and it gives you a little clue as to you know maybe the paths that you should go down as you're making decisions uh so that was quite fun as well because yeah. they they were kind of blinking you miss it premonitions yeah so it's another thing where you end up Anything that gives you more to talk to each other about what's going on is is kind of a good aspect to that game. Yeah. I
0: think. So again, exactly the same as in Dawn. So they are just yeah. the same games <laughs> in different settings. Well, I would have thought so. I mean, they're yeah. they're the
1: same. They're the same makers. So yeah. it, it would make sense. Um, and the the other thing I suppose is that I want to play it again i would find it very replayable there were a lot of decisions to be made as i say i was surprised that our character you know died off after 10 minutes the one that i didn't Mm. think would get the chop first so i can imagine it would go very differently on a second playthrough um so yeah i think come come next halloween it'll probably come back out with whoever's around and we'll give it another go
0: okay maybe you and i should have a go
1: yeah because when i played absolutely. until dawn
0: i mean i probably would have enjoyed it more had i played it with someone else but instead i just mm-hmm. was on my own shouting at the screen um <laughs> just yeah. getting frustrated i would
1: i would not want to play this game by myself not just because of the horror aspect but like i say so many of the things i liked about the gameplay i think could actually go either way but the reason it works for me is it because it gave us stuff to talk about And it's a lot of the enjoyment of the game is what's happening when you're not playing it.
0: (laughs) That's so interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't have even considered that that would change my opinion of of a game like this. But as you're saying it, I'm like, yeah, actually, there is something in that kind of communal experience. Because, yeah, as you say, you are bringing your own narrative to what the game is giving you um, when you're sharing that with each other interesting so uh, yeah exactly were there any were there any negatives for you with this game
1: yeah for sure the the biggest negative is the um the the moments of action the kind of quick sequences where you have to either you know do some button bashing or um or react very quickly and it's not button bashing so there are there are two kind of key mechanics one is either hit the button very quickly so that you duck out the way, for example, mm-hmm. which, in which button bashing could be fine. But there's another one, which is you have to maintain your heart rate. You have to keep calm. And so game. you have to hit...
0: Sorry. So to... <laughs> oh. oh, the dog joined in. <laughs> that was the dog. Lift.
1: So you have to hit the button on a regular beat otherwise you get it wrong and it's not instantly clear which one you're heading into so it's very unforgiving as a mechanic it's it's too unforgiving for a game that should be or kind of like is 90% narrative and consequence decisions so all of a sudden out of nowhere throw a do something quickly or you're dead at you mm. it's that is not at all satisfying as an experience you feel like um you know you you didn't deserve that sudden end so yeah. it's, I I don't, I don't object to having some elements of, of skill and timing and agility being brought in, but they have to set it up in such a way that you kind of, you know what's coming or it's at least in line with the, the tone of your character up to that point. Yeah. So yeah, and that, was, that ask... was the bit that really upset me, I think.
0: Yeah. And can I ask, because this is, as you're talking, it's just the same as Until Dawn, but The thing that infuriated me with that game, and just picking up on what you're saying, is I don't mind button bashing in a story-based game as long as the buttons correspond to something. So what I hate is when it's a randomly assigned button. Mm -hmm. I, I don't mind if I know that X is arm, something to do with my arm, or a grab, for example, and A is jump, for example. And it's always that, because then you... As as you say, it's a narrative, right? So that becomes part of the narrative. If I ever need to jump A or circle or whatever it might be. But what I hate, and they did this in Until Dawn, where I remember climbing this wall and dying about eight, nine times in a row (laughs) because it was just randomly generated buttons. And it didn't correspond to arms or legs, for example. And I was like, that's not the same game. I'm not like mentally psyched up for that because then it feels like you're playing guitar hero or something do you know what i mean you're just going yeah "Ah!" (laughs) Yeah.
1: so was it was it like that in your game i don't recall that experience um it may have been and i've forgotten but I, i i seem to remember it almost always just being the x button right so maybe they had that feedback and listened to it but the timing was still far too unforgiving we were talking fractions of seconds yeah rather than like even if you had a second to respond mm. but it was less than that. Um and as i say the, the the way you input it kept changing but you didn't have any warning so it was um it's just a letdown if you've put so much time and discussion into how you think the story and your characters is developing mm. and then your game ends up stopping because because you know uh, by the time you're 3 hours into the game you've already had a couple of bottles of wine and you can't hit that. <laughs>
0: It, isn't it because you you play yeah. a game based on the type of game it is and the the kind of setting that you want to be in or the mental state or the mood you want to be in when you choose that game and if it turns into another kind of game for like five minutes in every playthrough you're just like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i totally yes. i totally get that point and can i ask about um how they did with mm. characterization sorry my dog's just heckling me non-stop during this uh, recording I'm sorry everyone (laughs) Um, yeah I just was interested in how they handled characterisation were they very archetypal for example like they were in Until Dawn uh, or were they more developed and also how then that followed through with the dialogue choices
1: yeah they weren't as grating as I imagined they would be based on um, your warnings I suppose (laughs)
0: My I mean, scathing review.
1: Yeah, I mean they are they are archetypes, um, and that's not an, you know unusual for the for the horror genre. Um, however, they didn't do anything that I found gratingly unforgivable that I was happy to see them die. Uh, <laughs> on top of that, you know there are a couple of interesting dynamics. For example, in the established romantic couple. Um, there's an undercurrent that the, uh, the man is ready to propose and settle down. And they're, they're, they've actually come on this for like one last crazy adventure, whereas the woman is clearly not ready to settle down. Um, and you've got to decide as the male character whether you bring this up with her or not whilst you're diving in the World War II plane wreck. And there's all kinds of like, you know, potential horror stuff going on, and there's pirates at the top, and they're, you know, you're being given the choice. Do you as the man want to have a chat about your relationship oh, right now? And God. you're like, no, no, I don't. But but I it didn't it didn't arrive to me as a sort of cliched. Do you know what you should really do is have a conversation about your relationship right now? It's quite the opposite. It was like, maybe let's not talk about that right now, because there's more important stuff going on. So I don't know. I, I I felt like it was based on cliches, but I didn't find any of the choices you had to make um, fly. It like uh, go in line with that. You could you could work against what the characters were doing, which I think is kind of important in those scenarios. Yeah, that's so, yeah.
0: actually quite nice to have that because yeah, as you say, it can feel quite tired otherwise. So that's nice that it had the flexibility with some of the choices. So yeah, so again, so that so you felt like that follow through with the dialogue as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it I think it did. Um nothing <laughs> nothing stuck out as being particularly memorable. Uh you know, I I wouldn't I wouldn't go in and sort of praise the storytelling and the dialogue, but they've got some pretty good actors, like established actors yeah. playing the roles, who I think maybe they just handle it well enough that you don't notice it Do you know what I mean it's like you're so aware of the choices you have to make and the peril that you're in that maybe I just didn't really notice the dialogue quite so much
0: that's a good thing though if you don't notice dialogue I would say yeah. it's probably a positive experience I'm happy with that
1: <laughs> I'm happy with that scenario there are very few horror experiences where you come out of it and you go do you know what's great about that? The dialogue. Even <laughs> if it's a good horror film. Even if it's a good horror film, what you remember about good horror films is the the suspense, the tension that's built up in the silence or the music or the the spacing. You know, I think I, I think even in horror films that I think are really good, I don't necessarily point to the dialogue. <laughs> so Tim,
0: before we hmm. wrap this up, uh, is there anything that you think is necessarily good to mention about the game that you haven't covered already?
1: Um, I think the main thing is just what we've uncovered through our conversation is how important setting up the communal experiences mm. so which is going to lead me straight on to who I'm going to recommend it for right which is for a party like scenario <laughs> <laughs> so look I'm not I'm not saying bring it out on new year's I was saying if you've got four of the nerds that you want to get together with on Halloween this is a great idea it's it will take you from 8 p.m into midnight And you'll make progressively worse decisions probably (laughs) because of the occasion. But I think with a game like this, that's the way you've got to look at it. I think if you're going to hit it intense single player and try to unpick, you know, the logic and the character, then it's going to fall short. But as an alternative to playing Trivial Pursuit for the 27th time, Mm. I would say this is a great communal experience for lovers of horror
0: all right well i definitely want to play either this or one of the other games of this
1: yeah only the the second one got released in october of this year and the third one will be released next year
0: um wicked where i'm just gonna do a little pause because the dog oh. as you can hear is just non-stop growling out you go
1: Technical difficulties Difficult difficulties, evil robots, fuck you in the ear. Difficult difficulties.
0: So, Tim, I think that brings us nicely onto your rating. What would you rate this game?
1: Well, I think it's a very specific experience to recommend. You know, I don't, it's it, It's not easily recommended to everyone. I think the majority of people would not enjoy this game as I've outlined kind mm. of how you should embrace it. Mm-hmm. For that reason, I'm only going to give it a six Ooh. because, yeah, because I think um, if you're going to say, if someone comes to you and says, what game should I play? This is not going to be on that. <laughs> if someone Sorry. says to you, have you got any ideas for Halloween night? I'll be like, yeah. So it's of limited use, is what I'm saying. I'm going to give it a six.
0: Yeah, okay, that's fair. I think I... I don't know why. I can't remember what I gave until dawn, but I think it was around about that as well. Um, thank you very much, Tim.
1: You're welcome. So uh, in the spirit of co-op, I'm going to hand the control to you.
0: Woohoo! Uh, I am talking about a game called A Way Out
1: mm-hmm
0: yeah this I, is an uh, oh go on sorry
1: no I was gonna say I'm glad you managed to find your way out and back to this podcast <laughs> but uh, I sort of I almost started it and then I realized it wasn't a good thing to say and you'd already started but then I made a noise and it all went wrong
0: <laughs> it's okay listen so we're doing this over zoom occasionally there's a little <laughs> lag I don't know we talk over each other sometimes uh IRL podcasting is coming soon, I very much hope. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this, this game is an, it's described as an action-adventure game. Uh, it's developed by Hazel Light Studios and published by EA. Um, but it's the second video game to be directed by Joseph Fares, um, who is quite well known for directing a game called Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. Which was a beautiful little, very indie feeling co op. Um, and this is another multiplayer cooperative game. Uh, and in a nutberg, uh, nutberg? In a nutberg. That's not like berg, half a not nutshell, And limits. an iceberg. <laughs> <laughs> um, just on the gin update, I've had. Mm-hmm three quarters of the gin. So that's why I said Nutberg. Um, sure.
1: <laughs> Nutberg,
0: sit it. Um, yeah, stuck in my head now. I know. I love that song as well. Um, <laughs> I totally I believe, lost I believe, my thread. I believe the
1: phrase you were looking for was <laughs> nutshell.
0: Yeah, in a nutshell, um you are cooperatively playing two men who are in prison but maybe not as bad as you think they are from their rap sheet and they come together and they have to escape prison and be on the run and basically successfully fugitive their way to redeeming themselves
1: i like how you've turned fugitive into a verb first of all (laughs) second of all is is this essentially prison break the game
0: well that brings me nicely onto my uh, assumption my kind of uh, mm-hmm. feeling of what this game would be and that is what i wanted from this game also um two brothers was an absolutely beautiful game it was cooperative yeah, I loved it. yeah you played it right But it Mm -hmm. had an element of puzzling. It had a really beautiful story. Um, The strength really behind the game was the sort of emotional narrative. I don't know if you felt the same, like this gorgeously solid and and like compelling emotional narrative that ran through the game. Um, And I thought, okay, so they've brought this one to an American, it's like set in a US prison, which doesn't excite me. I feel like, oh, I've seen so many films like this. Um, I just thought, well, but it's the guy that did Two Brothers, so it must be good. There'll probably be some puzzling because that game, there were a few bits that were quite tricky to work out what you needed to do and how you needed to cooperate in what order you needed to complete actions, for example, to get through certain levels. Um, So my expectation going in was this is going to be prison break, but it's going to be intelligent and the characters are going to be really interesting and there'll be a really really strong narrative that I actually care about so that was that was what mm-hmm. I thought
1: going okay. in. <laughs> that's a that's a very pointed uh section on expectations I'm gonna say
0: <laughs> yeah I mean I'll start with what I liked about it shall I I'm gonna say let's,
1: let's, <laughs> let's go through positives first let's let's get the positives out the way I feel um before you continue. <laughs>
0: So um, I don't think there's enough story-driven local co-op games that are good and that are good and that are, you know well-made. And this, you know, as something that I can play at home with my partner, and we're on the same side, so we're not competing against each other. Um, re- like this was a nice thing to pick up and play. It's probably about a ten-hour playthrough, so it's not too long. Uh, or maybe a bit less actually, yeah probably a bit less, probably about seven hours, Um, but it's not too long and straight away you're thrown in the deep end, you're in prison and stuff's not going well for you, someone's trying to like off you while you're even in prison and these two characters, it splits the screen um, so you can kind of watch each other's little storylines before you meet, mm. uh, which is quite nice as well. And I, I thought they did a really lovely thing whereby they reduce the volume when there's a big scene with one character, so you can carry on playing, but you can hear the other characters. Sort of, if it's a big story point, for example, you can then right, hear yeah. the conversation. So that was quite nice. And I like the idea of split perspectives in the prism when it first started. I thought, oh, this is gonna be so interesting. Cause like you can be up on a top floor and someone else is down in the yard and you can see them from a distance. And mm-hmm. and things like that, like moving through the same space as different characters. That side of it, I thought initially worked really well when you're in the prison. Um, and what else did I like about it? Um <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it doesn't bode well, does it? I mean, no, it doesn't. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to um feel out when the right time is to let you go loose on the I, mean, I felt okay. like you, I could drag one more thing out from you.
0: Here's an, here's another thing I enjoyed. When you had to work together in an action set piece, um it was fun. It was really fun. It was really, really fun. There was a lot of different types of action. Also, to go back to my earlier point about um Non corresponding button bashing. This didn't have that. So there was some button bashing, but it was always like if you were punching someone, it was always the X. If you were jumping or rolling, it was always the A. So, in that sense, you know, and triggers were always the triggers, for Mm -hmm. example, and throttle was always the triggers. So there was consistency with that, which pleased me because when you suddenly realize you had to press X, otherwise you get punched in the face by some random guy who just grabbed you. Um, You knew what you needed to be ready for. You just had to wait for the prompt rather than it completely catching you off guard, which, as we said, is not great when it's so story-driven. Yeah, and there was a bit of, like, sneaking, which was enjoyable for a while. And there were different kinds of action set pieces. Like, one of my favourites was very early on in the game. You sort of shimmy back-to-back, upper kind Mm of... Almost like a vent, like a elevator vent or something like that, and you shimmy back to back. I think like most of us tried to do that as a kid with like a yeah. friend or a sibling. <laughs> so that was quite fun. Um so they yeah, they had some some nice ideas about different ways of doing action set pieces. And they were quite varied throughout the game. So sometimes you were driving, sometimes you were riding a motorcycle. Um yeah, there was lots of different things to do.
1: Mm-hmm okay, well, it sounds like they had a really good sort of first week of brainstorms when they were coming up with this game. So let's get into the execution. <laughs> oh. then. Um, and I and I mean that oh. in several ways. Off you go.
0: Yeah. So, oh God, where to start? So early on, I was feeling very positive and enjoying myself. We're in a prison. Uh, I like the sort of pressure cooker aspect of that. Um the sort of getting out of the prison. I thought that would be the game. I thought they would drag the getting out of the prison out because there was a couple of stages where you did a thing and then realized you needed to like get a screwdriver in order to do Mm -hmm. that again. So you'd have to wait for a day to pass and then you'd go back and it's like, oh, this is gonna be cool. We're gonna like gradually puzzle our way through it. No, Uh, it's not a spoiler to say you get out of the prison pretty quickly. Um, Most of the game is not set in the prison, which was surprising. Um, Mm. And I guess the biggest disappointment for me based on my expectation of this game because of how much I cared about the characters in Two Brothers was that these two characters you're given, Leo and Vincent, they are such American prison break movie cliches that I just didn't care And I played with my partner. We both, after a couple of hours of the game, we were like, they're just awful characters. (laughs) They're so lazy. And I wasn't sure if that was a non-American trying to do something more American. I need to look more into that. But it was just like, if you ask someone to give you an example of what an American prison ba- movie might be like and suggest two characters, it feels like they would just be the most obvious characters. And they're both like Italian-Americans with the accents. And and it's set in, the, it's set in 1972. So it's a very, it feels so familiar, but in a way that feels so tired.
1: Mm. So
0: immediately, like ar- after probably the first hour, I thought, oh, when are we going to get that nice storytelling? When are we going to get that emotional investment? And it that never came. But what did come was this kind of ham-fisted, awful insertion of female characters, which I absolutely hate when a female character is introduced to the narrative to literally be the emotional reason behind anything.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: this happens a lot in, you know, movies, especially older movies. Oh, it was so awful when they started basically bonding over their wife troubles. We just rolled our eyes, and they were just, <laughs> and it wasn't. This wasn't part of the gameplay. This was. This was added in to give the characters layers. But what it did was the opposite. It made them mm. these kind of two-dimensional, two-dimensional guys. It got involved with a bad crowd, but they'll do anything to save their wife and child. <laughs> like, like and look, yeah, that again, boy. this is not a spoiler. You get this really early on. Um, it I oh, just there was a lot of eye rolling because this wasn't just a story thing, this was so many cutscenes of having to endure an emotional moment with a guy feeling sad because he has a wife and child. Like it just, it was so...
1: <laughs> and then
0: there were moments of action where your action was, have a conversation with your wife and child. And it's just like, it was Could you choose not to? to? <laughs> it was painful. <laughs> no, you had to. And uh... it was so formulated, like this kind of emotional arc that they sort of crowbarred in. Felt so mm-hmm. formulaic that after the first character had his one, then my partner was like, "Oh, well, we're going to have to do my character's one next, aren't we?" And mm. then there it was. You know, it was exactly the same, but for the other character, and it was just so tired and boring. Um, and it just meant that we were just desperate to get through all these endless cutscenes and these endless sort of like emotional story threads that just didn't make you feel anything to get to these tiny little action sequences, which I thought was what the game would be, but actually they were really short. They were great, but they were so short. Mm. And so the idea of playing cooperatively was just going through the motions. So was Right, wasn't this is what I was skill. going to ask actually. Yeah. How,
1: how did your sort of disappointment in the storytelling affect the gameplay if at all was there any opportunity to like did you did you find yourself wanting to purposely hurt the characters or did it you know did it change the dynamic in the way you and your partner were playing it at all did it have any effects on the gameplay
0: it's funny you should say about hurting your characters um yeah Alex my (laughs) partner uh (laughs) there was there was actually quite an enjoyable sequence towards the end that involved a lot of shooting I was enjoying uh but at that point Alex was so fed up that they were like
1: (laughs) Just, yeah. just
0: walked into the fire and was like I'm sick of this I just walked into the fire and died <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: um,
0: so yeah I enjoyed the action bits but after doing a few of them I realised how short they were how limited they were I don't know if that was a budget thing or if that was on purpose but the story stuff, and the, even though you had conversation choices, they weren't. They didn't feel like they were amounting to anything. They felt really obvious. Like one cup ca- one character was always going to do the sensible, stealthy option, and one character was always going to do the gung ho, dangerous option. And so it just there was no subtlety. There was no sort of joy in having fun with the choices. Um. And yeah, that in terms of the actual gameplay. The action stuff was fun but it was really clunky. so in terms of um, the response rate so you'd fire a gun and sometimes it wouldn't like respond quickly or like you'd fire at some a, a baddie a couple of times and they'd be upright so you'd still be focusing your attention on them but then they'd also be dead. <laughs> mm. You know this kind of like there just seemed like a lot of lag in the action. It didn't seem to be able to cope with what it was trying to do um yeah and when you had car chases and boat chases and stuff it wasn't the most responsive game for for those kind of action pieces which was a shame because those were the for me the most fun bits and then the other aspects of the gameplay that i thought was just totally lacking was any element of difficulty it just was right. easy. the whole thing was easy um the couple of times we died was just because we didn't really know what we were meant to be doing so that. Mm -hmm. the other thing is you don't really know what direction you're meant to go in a lot of the time there's a tiny little yellow icon but you often just can't see it because it's really tiny it's not obvious but um yeah just like walking the wrong way and just walking straight into a card yeah
1: if you die in this game is it like checkpointed do you just yeah go back to that bit as opposed to like with my game if you die it's over like that character is just gone for the rest of the next four hours
0: yeah, and, and this game is checkpointed like every five seconds. So you...
1: So there's it, no it's real It's so easy, peril. basically. It's so easy. <laughs> you can just die and go, we'll do it again. We'll just
0: do it again. But, and, and it's mm. so easy. And the first time we, we got through a checkpoint, like right on the checkpoint, we were like, oh, wicked. We got through the checkpoint. And then when that kept happening, we were like, oh, it's just too easy. There's no challenge. There was also no mm. puzzling at all. Which I really thought there would be. So early on, there feels like there's an element of strategy in play with with sneaking. Um, no, mm-hmm.
1: it's
0: it's just it's there's no challenge.
1: Is there anything else we might need to know that would be important before we go to who this is for? Because I'm in, I'm intrigued to to ask whether you have an idea of who this game was actually made for.
0: Um, anything else of note? Well. I'm, I'm so disappointed. Like, you can, if you see my face, you can see, but you can see Tim. I just feel like so frustrated with this game. Um, I guess the only thing of note would be, I guess would feed into who this game will be for. There's a lot of very good reviews of this game, which means that if it's your shtuk, you'll probably love it. And actually this game was recommended to me by someone who normally likes the same kind of games as I do. So I'll put that massive caveat on me then saying who I think this game is for. I think this game thinks it's really clever. And I think this game thinks its characters are really well drawn and deep and layered. And I think this game thinks the ending's really really clever. I didn't feel any of that though, and I wonder if it's about narrative, which I know we talked a bit about um, the last time we did a podcast. I think that if you are someone who is really like driven by narrative and good, strong, solid narrative, this game is really going to disappoint you. If you're someone who wants a kind of easy game to dip in and out of that you can play cooperatively with someone else but you're not that bothered about good story you're just kind of maybe you're not even a gamer gamer maybe you're someone that just picks up a game every now and again I feel like I would recommend this game it's very accessible in that sense you can just pick it up and you it's not hard (laughs) and that's not a diss for everyone like some people just want to play a game that isn't mentally challenging but feels surprising and it did feel surprising in terms of some of the the sequences it puts you through. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone to whom narrative and well-drawn characters is very important, but I would recommend it to someone who's maybe a casual gamer, who wants something that feels really accessible and easy to get into and enjoys a bit of a mishmash of gaming styles.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, potentially, would it be for someone who maybe is a casual gamer but has a partner who's not and they want to bring them in on the experience.
0: Yes, Tim, very good point. I would say yes. That's a really good point. Now, my partner and I, we game a lot. So neither of us are that. And actually, Alex was way more harsh on it early on where I was like, no, I'm still enjoying it. And then gradually it wore me down. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I know people who I respect, who are big gamers, who love this game. So it's a really hard one to recommend because it might yeah. be down to taste. And as I said, I think it's to do with how sensitive you are to being really gripped by a narrative. And for me, this just fell completely flat of that.
1: Yeah. Fair enough. Does that point us towards a rating?
0: It does. And funny enough, Tim, six out of ten.
1: <laughs> <gasps> Double sixes. I
0: know. Yeah, it wasn't so god-awful. I mean, it was all right.
1: seen <laughs> this... Seniors- seeing as we've both had six worthy co-op experiences mm. that we have both played like on the sofa like a, a movie mm. night thing maybe we should think about like what constructively we could ask for that was missing from those experiences that we would want for a really good side-by-side narrative co-op game
0: i know what mine would be and that is mm-hmm. a challenge like a brain challenge i i that puzzling in these situations is really useful, as is strategy. Strat, I can't speak strategy, so like a kind of puzzle element in strategy is really enjoyable when you're working together to solve it. How about you? Yeah,
1: um, I mean, aside from all the obvious stuff, like we want good narratives, we want good gameplay, or that kind of business, I think one of the things that's fun. About gaming with other people is realizing the different ways that you behave the different ways you react to intense situations the different ways you like to solve puzzles the different moral choices you make Mm. and I find that like a lot of that can happen as you go through games but what I'd be interested to see is how much of that you can do before you establish your characters before you choose your characters Mm. like can you is there a scenario in which you get Tested on a few options first and then they go, right, this is going to be the character for you. And either that could go in line with the way you normally behave or it could be the opposite of it. But do you know what I mean? Just something like a little a little quick yeah. personality test or a little bit like do you prefer stealth or the action because both of this is going to be in this game. and We want to make sure it's balanced out because I always enjoy playing with people who have complementary skills to me and that always that usually emerges more out of platformer co-op games than narrative games because in platformers when you play something like um rayman legends which i adore yeah i love that game guacamelee when you play with someone else and you're playing two characters you usually get to a point where you know each other's strengths where it's like ah, this is some quick agility you do this bit while I go for a wee or oh this is uh lots of racing through something or lots of button bashing I'll take this bit and you do you know what I mean like you you, you know each other's strengths but I feel like in narrative games you don't often get to that point when you realize the strength of for example moral decision
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely. so yeah that would be
1: that would be my take on it I think
0: yeah it would be nice in in those kind of games especially those games that are sort of tapping into a filmic narrative style Mm. to have that opening scene where you could be free and learn what each character does and maybe take a turn on each one and then decide that would be so cool wouldn't it yeah sort of arriving to the log cabin that bit when you don't know what anyone's agenda is yet and then like figuring that out and then making your choices like
1: that i i also think you know for people like you and i who have quite uh dark sensibilities <laughs> and, uh, would you know would maybe quite happily um send the happy cheerleader to her death or, or whatever um having like giving yourself a set of objectives at the beginning like I want to embrace the dark humour, or I want to defeat the bad guys and have a happy ending. You know, so like, even if there are different paths you can go down, which I think a lot of narrative games do do now, they give you a lot of different endings, and a lot mm. of paths. But what they don't do is allow you to set what kind of film you want to go and see, whether you want to go to Fright Fest or whether you want to go to Love Actually.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Right yeah and even if even if there was a bit more joy in that on un- unlocking those aspects i feel like yeah oh mm-hmm. let's just write around game tim i think that's the solution <laughs> um yeah <we're laughs> and what and on this note what is your favorite armchair co-op or online co-op uh, game
1: it's definitely rayman legends the number of hours of hilarity I have <laughs> in co-op. When you, I don't know if you've ever played it fully, but the, one of the last levels you can play. So there are these these sort of like end of section levels that are musical, um, and they're brilliant because the uh, to be able to sort of plan out when you're meant to jump you know, or yeah. duck or shoot or whatever, oh, visually so would be impossible. So you have to listen to the music and go with the rhythm. And they start off kind of quite easily with that. And they have absolutely banging versions of tunes like Black Betty. Yeah. Some oh. little sprite things. But uh, when you so get to good. like the very end, they sort of go, right, forget the visuals because we're going to flash the screen on and off. We're going to turn <laughs> it upside down. We're going to make it go backwards. And... If you were to start on that level you think this is a- there's absolutely no way this level could ever be completed but by the time you get to the end of the game and you realize that you've just been reacting to the music instead we went straight through that hardest end level in one go because we were so attuned yeah. to the style of the game and I think that's that's such a good sign yeah. that you don't get kind of frustrated and you're really in tune tune with it um, and it's just hilarious as a game
0: yeah it's brilliant isn't it and it, funny enough playing this game uh, A Way Out um, Alex and I were both saying oh we just want those kind of sequences that are really hard but that you kind of ace by learning mm-hmm. the rhythm of it and we, th- we we did talk about Rayman Legends because we really love that as well um, and the way that once you just relax into the rhythm of it and you realise it's on the beat especially those levels you just sort of it, I love that, I love it when it sends you to a place of relaxation in a weird way, even in a really high state mm-hmm. stressful level and then you just nail it um, and a bit like those kind of Tomb Raider chase sequences of action where you just sort of have to find the rhythm of when she's going to jump onto a platform when a building's going to collapse and she has to like clamber over it and stuff like that um, but for me I, yeah, I would say Rayman Legends 2 and then also um I absolutely love Overcooked. You played that? Oh, yes, I I have. I have
1: played that on co-op online. Yeah.
0: Oh, I love it. But Alex doesn't like it. It's too stressful for him. But I absolutely so when I played that with my brother, Billen and I, absolutely loved it. (laughs) You just get into that mode where you're like, okay, you're on burgers, you're on washing up, go. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And yeah exactly really it odd. really tests your communication skills yeah I know a lot of people that have fallen out
0: <laughs> yeah me and Alex because
1: <laughs> they realized like the communication skills weren't quite as um tele- <laughs> telekinetic telekinetic telepathic as they wanted them to be uh so it is it's a test of that it's also a test of I think, your sense of humour, like how willing you are to be angry and then instantly laugh about it.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's quite Um, cathartic. So yeah, if you haven't played either of those games, do check them out. Um, Overcooked, there's two versions of that now and I think they're quite cheap now. Um, Mm -hmm. You can play that on Nintendo Switch and Xbox, I think. I'm not sure about PlayStation. Um, And then, yeah, Rayman Legends, I think is on all the things.
1: Yeah, I think so. Uh,
0: and it's brilliant. Definitely check that out if you like a if you like a really fun platformer. Um, but I think that brings us to the end of the podcast here.
1: Thanks, I've enjoyed uh, this cooperative (laughs) session. We've uh, we've been very cooperative, hardly any sabotage, only minimal, minimal Uh, sabotage.
0: I do have to apologise to listeners if you can hear my dog whining in the background. He hasn't stopped for pretty much the whole podcast, so I do apologise if you can hear that. If you can't... (laughs) i didn't say anything just now it was seamless it was wonderful um but thank you so much for listening to us uh if you liked it which i'm sure you did give us a five star review on itunes what will they get if they do tim
1: um a hearty round of applause
0: <laughs> there you go you heard it here first if you want your own personal round of applause give us a five star review on iTunes. Um, It's available on all the platforms, recommend it to your mates. And also let us know if there's a game you think we should be playing, which we haven't played yet. Uh, We've done quite a few of these now. So look at our back catalogue if you wanna check out some games, uh, some older games that you might wanna play Uh, or just, you know, tell us what you think. If you totally agree, agree or disagree with us, if you think the games we reviewed today are like 10 out of 10 games, let us know. We might not agree with you, but we wanna hear about it um anyway thank you very much for joining me again tim uh, A
1: pleasure thanks for having me along
0: always a pleasure tim i'm gonna refresh... Keeps me out of trouble well yeah i was about to say i'm gonna refresh my gin and then we're gonna watch strictly together right yeah
1: yeah <laughs> i i just finished a bottle of wine so i've now got the choice of open another one in which case oops i've opened a bottle of wine <laughs> to finish it. or to join you on gin and i haven't decided
0: Oh, I'm sticking with the gin, mate. It's a gin kind of night. But thank you very much, listeners, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.